Hey, dear listeners, this is Tony with Fuller Brown coming to you with another episode this week, uh, every Thursday, as a matter of fact. So um, everybody that is listening, thank you so, so much. I can never be grateful enough, you guys, for wherever it is that you are listening. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, this episode's a little different. Um, if you're a follower of the podcast, you do know that sometimes... Um, I do some episodes by myself, um, hard topics that are for me uh, to talk about myself that I, I, I don't want anybody here to to witness. Um, this is the comfort of my my own Fuller Brown headquarters and I'm by myself. Um, and, and this is the last episode that I will do like this uh, for this season anyway. Um, if you weren't aware, uh, I am doing this by season, so this is going to be, um, uh, guiding towards the end of season one. So, um, season one is going to have 20 episodes. So this is episode 14 and this is a two parter. So this is uh, episode 14 and then episode 15 is part two. Um, that being said, I have always, um, not, I, I No, I haven't been afraid to talk about this topic, but I have been selective to to who I share this with. And I am a hard believer that um, you that you have a purpose in life. Anybody has a purpose in life. And I feel like if I don't talk about this topic, my purpose in life will not be fulfilled. Um I am very nervous to talk about this, but I do know that this is going to change my life. Once people, uh, once people, you, my listeners, my lovely listeners, once you listen to the story, um, you're probably going to see me in a different light. Um, you're probably going to be uh, maybe having a lot of questions about me. Um, no, I didn't kill anybody. Don't, don't go there. But this has been something that I kept to myself for fear, for, for pain, um, for a lot of, lot of reasons that I'll explain in a second. But before we get to the theme song, I wanted to tell you, thank you for listening. Um, the purpose of my podcast was to share stories, Brown stories. And all I ask from you, the listener, is to listen with an open heart uh, because this might be something that you may not understand or agree with, and that's perfectly fine. You're in your right to not agree, but I do want you to see me as a human, as a child of God, as a person that deserves to be heard. Um, everybody deserves to be heard. And I feel like I made this platform just for that, not just for my voice, but for other people. And, this is finally the time for me to share this story that I've held out for 30 years, <laughs> uh, per se. So uh, without further ado, cue the music. Hey, dear listeners, thank you for coming back after that beautiful theme song. Uh, like I said in the introduction, this is going to be uh, one of those episodes that I am here by myself. So thank you for listening. Um, and before I continue, thank you for the outpouring love and support that I received through the season. And I, I am very content. If anything, I'm grateful. I'm blessed. I feel highly favored by God. And I, I feel so incredibly humbled by everybody, uh, whether it be just a small message, hey, this touched me, oh, hey, I cannot believe you shared that, that was beautiful, or or just anything helps me continue to do this, not only for myself, but for everybody else that deserves to be heard. Um, and this is going to be the last story that I share by myself. So from now on, the episodes will be with a guest. 
um, unless something occurred, you know, something that happens in my life that I want to share about myself, then, you know, I'll probably do that. But having that said, this is me. Uh, my name is Neftali Hernandez. Everybody calls me Tony because of my middle name, which I've said that in previous episodes. I'm just trying to build up the tension. Um, so the topic that I'm going to talk about today is very sensitive to me, very hard to talk about. And that is my sexuality. I have always kept this to myself and close friends and family of mine uh, for the fact that uh, I've learned as now an adult, I have learned that not everybody deserves to hear your story. Not everybody deserves to get a personal part of you. Um, and for those that have been there for me on this specific topic, thank you for, for keeping me up. Thank you for helping me through it. Um, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to you and you know who you are, you, you know who you are. And, um, so like I said, uh, I've never talked about this because, you know, my privacy, but then I became um, aware that by me sharing my story, I feel like I can help a lot of people that are in my situation and I can help so many confused souls um maybe not to give you answers but definitely to give you a landing ear to say hey i completely understand you i'm here for you i'm here to support you in any way i can because people did that to me when i had this issue coming up uh when i was about 4 years old um i had this feeling inside of me that i was attracted to boys and um i remember clearly as soon as i found out i was always bullied for it um i remember i was four kindergarten i was five uh when i went to kindergarten i remember leaving my classroom um in mexico by the way and over there valentine's day is mostly known for the day of love so we celebrate over there friendships and and you know relationships in general not just you know lovey-dovey so i remember leaving my classroom and i saw a young couple that probably was like in the sixth grade and they were hugging i'm like oh i was like happy valentine's day and i remember him looking at me and he said get away from me faggot and i was like what and ever since then that word has followed me and that word has kept me from growing inside to the person that I'm supposed to be because I was afraid. I never thought it was something wrong. I just thought it was something that I was going through. Like, oh, okay. Um, but once he said that word out loud and people around him laughed, I felt ashamed right away. And I felt um, discouraged to not be me, to not express myself. So ever since then, I became a quiet person. Uh, you people that know me now, like you're not a quiet person at all, but I was for a long time. Um, I grew older, I passed kindergarten and, um, I was sexually abused at the age of seven and my parents know this, my family knows this, close friends know this. So a lot of people connected those two dots and said, uh, well, Tony, you're probably having those feelings because you were abused by a man. And I talk a lot about this in the book that I'm going to be publishing soon. Well, no, okay, no, not soon, but eventually. And I talked in detail my moments in life and things that I had to go through. Um, for you that are a loyal follower, you know that I was raised in church. If you know me personally, you know that my dad's a pastor. Um, I've been in the ministry as well for a long time, Um and the reason why I'm mentioning that is because this is where things changed. So after I was sexually abused, I began to gain a lot of weight. I used to be actually pretty, pretty thin, borderline anorexic, according to the doctors. And I was severely sick. So um, I remember I was I got so sick one time that the doctor in Mexico recommended my mom that I eat a lot of candy. Like it was it was bad. Like I was I was skinny. I was not eating. Um, I couldn't tell you why I just, I just wouldn't eat. Um, 
once I was seven and I was molested, that was here in the U.S. So I started eating to kind of cope with it, I think. And that's not what I remember. That's just what I'm assuming because I gained a lot of weight. So clearly I ate, you know. Uh, so I continued life and I continued in church. I continued not expressing myself. I continued to be quiet. And I will tell you this. I am now 32 years old and I am tired of being quiet. I am tired of keeping a lot of things to myself for the fear of rejection, for the fear of others' judgment. Not today, though, full of brownies. <laughs> Not today. Uh, so as I was growing older, uh, my dad, uh, my parents became ministers really when I was really young. So I was, inv- I was always involved in church. I was the first one to get there. I was always the last one to leave. No complaints. That's completely fine. But my sexuality came to be addressed with my parents at that age. Um, By then, I was like maybe nine or ten. And they always thought I never knew that they had these conversations. But I was pretty sneaky. Again, I was quiet. So I was always around to hear these conversations, even though they weren't aware that I was listening. We need to do something about your son. Uh, Your son might be um and they used the word faggot which in spanish was joto and that's a word to me that it hurts so when people use this word around me there's a pinch inside of my heart of my soul that takes me back to those moments and i remember hearing the pastor at that time talk to my dad and my dad wasn't saying anything Um, but he was saying, Hey, we need to address this, uh, before he gets older and goes through puberty. And I remember I was like, "Mm, okay, I became scared. And when I was 10 years old, uh, turning 11, actually, they sent me to the young adults, uh, the youth class. If if you go to church, you know that they divide the people by ages. So there's like the young kids and then the youth and then the young adults and then the adults. Well, I was 11. Normally, you don't go to that class until after you're 16, 15 or 16. So I was there at 11. And I remember being in a Sunday school classroom. And um, I did write this about uh, this chapter in my book that I've already um, wrote. And I'm saying this because some people might have, might have already heard the story. I was there. Um, it was a classroom, maybe like eight people. There wasn't a lot of us. And... I remember the our teacher was like, do you guys know what effeminate is? And I cringed. I, I was like, I think I'm too young to be here. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, you know, like I, I was just, I was so nervous because I knew where he was going. I knew clearly why he was going there. I knew exactly the reason why he was doing it. They had to talk with my parents and, you know, da, da, da. Um, so people answered, well, it's a guy that acts like a girl and true. Okay. So let's open our Bibles to this and that, and we're going to talk about this. And I remember we opened the Bible and the teacher made me read the, the scripture and I read it. Uh, no effeminates will inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, no homosexuals will inherit the kingdom of God next to the murderers and the thieves and stuff. But, you know, that that part didn't matter at that point because that's not what the classroom was about. Um, I read this, this the scripture and he's like, Tony, do you understand? And at that moment, I wanted to cry. I wanted to feel protected. I wanted to feel like are you really attacking an 11 year old at this time? Like, and so I looked around to the classroom. I looked around to all the classmates. Um, and once I looked at him in the eye, they just kind of looked down because that's what the scripture says, Tony. So what are you going to do about it? Um, I remember trying to excuse myself to go to the bathroom. He said, no, uh, we talked about homosexual behavior so they talked about penetration and stuff like that mind you i was 11 years old and i'm repeating this because that to me is mentally abuse at some point 
somebody had to speak up and say, oh, I think he's too young to hear about this. Why don't we let his parents handle this? And now I'm assuming that they talked to the teacher to try to talk to me. On that part, I'm not so sure. But nonetheless, I was pretty young to be in that classroom. Ever since then, I feel like I've had the vision that God did not like me. I had the the thought that God was somebody that didn't love me. And for the longest time, I felt rejection. Everywhere I went, I was afraid to go to a youth service because, you know, me being gay, I guess you could call it, was really obvious. So what did everybody try to do? Everybody tried to pray that away from me. Everybody tried to to manipulate my feelings to thinking this is just a phase. Uh, and I felt abused over and over again, maybe not physically, but spiritually. Instead of somebody trying to help, you know, I, I lost myself completely. I became very fearful of who I thought God was. I became very fearful of my spiritual leaders. To this day, I have trouble following any spiritual leader. It's hard for me because I feel like all of them have an agenda towards me. That may not be true, but that's just how I feel. Um, and as I was going... um. I remember middle school, puberty hit, and oh my God, (laughs) that was something, I'll tell you that. But what I decided to do, I decided to get baptized. You know, people, if you're from a religious background, you do know that baptism comes with salvation and, you know, it is important, yes. But I got baptized right after that Sunday school classroom. So that was like around, it was in the summer, so I got baptized like in November, Um. I was 11 years old. I didn't know what I was doing. I remember there's pictures of me going into the water, coming out of the water, coming out to baptism. Not what you're thinking. (laughs) But I came out of the water and I was crying. A lot of people think that I was crying because I was saved and I was happy. I was really crying because once I came out of the water, I still felt the same. I still felt the feelings I had for men. Um, I still had those feelings that were not going away. So what did they teach you in church? You need to pray. You need to fast. You need to talk to God. So I did. And let me tell you, I don't regret talking to God. If you're somebody that doesn't believe in God, that's, that's your opinion. I know who God is in me. I know who God is about me. I know who God is to me. I know what I've experienced. But somehow this feeling was not going away. This feeling was just roaming in my life, in my soul. Um, So I became more afraid and angry. And it got to the point where my dad, and I say this with respect for my dad. I love my father. But this made us grow distant because we had that fight that I knew who I was, even though we never said it out loud. And he knew because it was pretty obvious But instead of trying to talk to me, I think he just followed what the church told him to do, which was let's either try to hide it or change it. And that didn't work out. It became became to me very clear that I, I just had to face myself that I'm sick and that I had to admit to myself that I am a person that is sick mentally. And that's how I grew up. I grew up thinking that I was not loved by God, that I was not accepted by God, that God was always angry with me. And it made me distant from my faith. It made me distant from my family because I knew who I was. Um, As I was getting older in a previous episode, I mentioned that I tried to commit suicide. That was the reason. I did not know how to cope with this. I I didn't know, you know, how to accept myself. I I, I was always told that I wasn't myself if I was like that. And um, I was really hurt. I was really hurt. And let me tell you, uh, for you that, that, that is listening to this and you're going through this problem, 
I'm sorry, but we may not ever get answers as to why we are this way. And I'm old enough to where I have accepted this in my heart that I may not ever get an answer straight from God to say, this is the reason why you're like this. This is the reason why I made you this way. Because I do know, in fact, that within me, this is God's plan. It goes against biblical scriptures. Yes, I know. But I know that the God inside me tells me something different. Every time I pray, I feel him closer to me, no matter who I am. But growing up in the church, that is completely different because they know what the Bible says. So what do they do? They try to pray it away. Am I saying that there's no power in prayer? No, that is not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that we do need to fix that in the church because you're hurting people. So what did they do with me? They try to do exorcisms. Well, they call them liberaciones, if you know what I'm talking about. But they try to do an exorcism. So what happened? They made me drink all this olive oil, which tasted nasty, by the way. Um, Every time I would go to a spiritual event, a church event, youth service event, I feel like people tried to take advantage of that situation. Oh, I'm going to be the one who's going to set Tony free from this rainbow demon. And that's how it's just going to be. And at first, I was like, you know what? If this is a problem with me, I'm I'm willing to try it. Let's do it. Let me be stuck in a room with you and let you try to take this thing away from me. And I remember one time I was so frustrated and tired because we were there for a couple of hours. And I was like, because Tony, you need to let it go. I'm like, I'm letting it go. I'm giving it to you. I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want this. This is oppression to me. Not what that thing was, but the lifestyle that I have now came across with, you know, it's, 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 it's so exhausting trying to be two people at once Two people. It's two people at once to me. It's just me, but to people, it's not normal for you to love God and be a homosexual or be a bisexual or be transgender. It's automatically a rejection to heaven. Mind you, so are the liars, but obviously our sin is a little more because, you know, but the thing is that they don't understand what this is. They're easy to say, oh, oh, gays are going to hell because they're not gay. They don't understand what that is. They're easy to say, oh, the murderers are going to hell because they don't understand what a murderer is being like. Now, I'm not comparing the two. What I'm trying to say is that sometimes religious people don't know what another person's going through. They just know what they read. And that's fine. I agree with what the Bible says to a certain extent. But the people that follow Christ should always start with love. They should always try to help people with love first. If you're trying to praise somebody the gay away and your first thought and your mind is hate and you angry at this person, you're not supposed to be a minister. You are not meant to be a pastor. You're nasty. And I'm telling you this with anger. Yes, because God, all I see when he was walking around the earth, Jesus was love. He never rebuked anybody to the point that made them feel less worthy of his love. And that's exactly my point. I never received that throughout my entire life. If anything, I received the opposite. And it hurt. It hurt so much because I feel like I lost all my youth trying to find who I was. And I was trying to find the reason behind this and, and the reason why I was built this way. And I could never find it except you're going to hell. So I grew older. I learned to trust people because when you grow older and you go through a situation, you tend to find people that go through the same thing as you. So I did. And once I opened up to my good best friend, I could say it was liberating because he understood. He's like, I completely understand you. I'm here with you. I feel like God is within you. Don't doubt that. So my faith started building stronger and it started building stronger and stronger and stronger. I became older. I became um, a youth leader in the church. I became a youth leader in the district. Now, if you've known me for the longest time, this part might sting a little bit, but you can handle it. I handle it fine. Um, I became the youth president of the district, which was over a couple hundred people, maybe 300 people. And I was in front and I was, 
I, I was scared. I was scared because once you're in a higher position, they see you differently. They respect you, yes, but they also expect a lot from you. You cannot make mistakes. You cannot fall because these people are looking at you. Even though that's the time I felt strongest with God, I also started to find out that my life had a purpose to help people like me, to help people maybe not understand, but show support to those people that are hurting. Um, Around that time, I was like, you know what? I'm a youth leader. I should take my life seriously. So what I did, I opened up to a friend of mine or now an old friend of mine. Um, and he was becoming a pastor at that time. And I said, hey, um, I think I'm gay. I think I have this problem. But look. I don't know what this means to me. I don't know how I'm going to feel about this tomorrow, but I need help today. Can you pray with me? Can you um, help me? Yeah, brother. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes, I'm going to help you. Trust me. This is just a phase. It's going to go away. I don't agree, but I'm like, okay, uh, I'm following the the footsteps of a future pastor here. Um, And again, he was a close friend of mine at that time. So I went up to him and... Not even a week later, someone else found out. And that person was a close friend of mine at that time as well. And he's like, hey, um, Tony, bro, uh, do you did you talk to this person? I'm like, uh, yeah, how did you know? It was like a couple weeks ago. Well, he, he, told, he told a group of us what you're going through. And is that true? Are you into guys? You guys, my whole world dropped because that was my fear. And I said, when did he when, when, when did he say this? He's like, yesterday. I'm like, what did he say? He said that he had a friend and that he was a drummer and a youth leader. Clearly, I was the only option available. Um, and he thinks he's gay. So we need to pray that away from him. Um that shattered me. I went to him trusting that he was going to help me maybe not to pray it away, but to support, to find me somebody that can give me answers to find me another minister that could give me answers. And he, he told them and they told their parents, their parents told their pastors. And before I knew it, um, everybody knew, um, Okay, you guys, I'm going to try not to cry. But that hurt. Because a lot of people lost respect for me. And a lot of people just left my life out of nowhere. Um, I got closer to some people. Yeah, I don't regret that. But, um... I was really hurt for a long time. And it was really embarrassing to have to find out by other people that this person had spread that truth about me because it's not a lie. And um, it broke me to my core. Because now I had to face reality really quick. And I wasn't prepared for that. I wasn't prepared for the rejection. I wasn't prepared to be excluded from so many different friends that I th- I thought were friends. And um, I-, I didn't know what to do. I got completely depressed and I was really severely wounded. Um, I was a leader at that time. A couple months later were election times and what that means in our church or that church um, that the pastors vote in and out leaders. And um, I was really nervous. I didn't want to go. I said, you know what? I don't want to be a leader again. But somebody convinced me and I went and I said, you know what, God, if this is your plan for me to be helping youth in the best possible way that I can, then I will. 
And so I went. And I remember um, my name was automatically added to the to the ballot because I was already president. And uh, we voted for president. It was between me and some other girl. And I was voted again president. And they said the president is Tony Hernandez. Okay. Everybody clapped. Yada, yada. Let's move on. Um, but then another piece of paper came from an usher and the pastor was like, what? Okay. I'm sorry. What does that mean? And he said, we have to re- redo the votes. We have to count again. Like, oh, okay. But our brother, Tony just became the leader. Uh, what do we do? He's like, no, we're going to take his name out. These are the new candidates. And I was voted out in public. And you guys, I don't care about the leadership because God gives you the leadership, um, not man. So I always had it within me. That was humiliating to be able to face all those people because this was a public event. There was like maybe 100, 150 people there. Right after the service was done, I felt so ashamed because everybody knew why. Everybody had known that story about me by then. And then I remember um, going home, trying not to cry. Um, People were like, oh, oh, it's okay, you know, you lost, and, and that's fine. And the person that became president after me, he did a tremendous job. So it was meant to be, but that broke me. And let me explain why. I tried to get assistance from the church to where I thought I could have refuge. And this is after I had gone to God, because God, more than anybody, knew how I felt. So I went to the church leaders, and they turned their backs on me. And instead of helping me, they rejected me. Not only did they not try to reach out to me, but everything after that just became a joke. I became... The joke of everybody. Everybody was talking about me. Mind you, I didn't have a relationship with my father at this time for that same reason. We became very far apart, very distant. And even though that's not how it is now, that is how it was then. Um, but I always felt like God didn't love me. I always felt like God hated me. And I was so angry. I was so angry to hear people say, oh, well, I mean, that's your choice, but you're going to go to hell. And I kind of took that and I ran with it. And I became, I, 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 brought that into myself. I added that pressure to myself. Well, that's probably true. So I carried that with me for the longest time. Until I went to the youth event. Mind you, this was before the election thing. Um, And I saw a young man. I was giving a conference. And if you were there, you probably remember this. And... I saw this young man. I was in the microphone, by the way. I was saying something, you know. Um, and I saw this young man, and I could see him. And he was heartbroken, and he was hurt. And all what I felt inside of me was to run to him and give him a hug. And I remember I ran to this young man, and I gave him a hug. We didn't need to exchange words. We cried for the longest time. And then at the end, I said, you are beautiful the way God made you. And even though I told him that, I didn't believe that for myself. I always believed I was a curse running in the temples. But I know that that changed that man's life. Yet I was broken and bleeding um, because of other people. So... Years pass by, and what happens? I, I, going through depression, going through um, church bullying, church criticism, criticism from people, 
I became very, very antisocial. I became so depressed. I tried to commit suicide a couple of times. And and even though it made me closer to other people, um, it still brought a big, a big, um, it, like a void in my life that I didn't know how to fill. And yes, I prayed to God and I felt God with me, but I still felt completely lost because my life had basically now flipped upside down and nobody knew anything about me. And I fell off the face of the earth. I stopped going to church, um, which is not something I recommend you to do. But I did it because it was embarrassing to go back now because all of a sudden back at my home church, well, uh, we need to address this. Do we not address this? And they never did. But eventually people started giving me nasty looks. People started giving me um, really bad criticism. Um, I was a Sunday school teacher, so they took that away from me. Um, and I was broken. And I'm, you're probably asking, Tony, why are you bringing up this story to your podcast? Why are you talking about this? Because I believe that the truth shall set you free. And, and and this is my truth. And this may be uncomfortable for you to hear. This may be uncomfortable for you. But imagine me having that uncomfortable for 32 years. It's 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 been a nasty ride. Um have I had relationships with women? Yes, I have. And and particularly only one that I took very serious and I loved her with all my heart. So for a moment, I kind of thought, oh, my God, this is changing. This is going to be something better. Um, it didn't work out, mostly because I was in a dark, 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 dark place. And 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 I was up front with her, and I told her who I was and what I felt for her. And it just worked for us. Um, but after that, I don't think, I'm not going to say never, but it's it's hard to think of a heterosexual relationship. But now that have put that has put me in, on the crossroads. What am I going to do now? Do you still love God? Yes, I do. Tony, do you believe there's people out there who are torturing themselves because of this? Yes, I do. You have no idea how many times people have just come up to me. I remember one time I was taking a lunch from work, and um, I went to eat uh, this restaurant nearby. And I was sitting there enjoying my chicken sandwich. And it was delicious. But across from me were these Pentecostal people. And you can tell because they were like long skirts. And then the the, the hairs fixed a certain way. And, you know, they were um, pale folk or, or white people. Okay. I've seen them all the time. I'm okay. Um, I was eating and enjoying myself, my sandwich, my Coke Zero. That's fine. And then... The wife, the lady, came up to me and she said, "Hun, you have yourself a beautiful blessed day. And I was like, "Oh, thank you. And then her husband goes like, what are you doing? You know, we don't talk to those kind. We don't talk to those people. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't know if she's talking about because I'm a bigger guy because I'm Mexican or because clearly I guess he thinks I'm tender, which by the way, I hate using the word gay because clearly I've been through stuff. So I use the word tender. So I was like, is it because he thought I was tender because I was eating a chicken sandwich? Like, I don't know what the hell his problem was. Clearly he was a racist person, but that's what a lot of church people are. If they don't understand what you're going through, they just completely disclaim who you are and they kind of erase you off their map. And I completely understand. I come from a religious background, so I understand those kind of people, but I will no longer tolerate you disrespecting me. Trust and believe I have been through hell and high waters enough to where if you say something to me to my face, I will say something back. Now, Am I angry? No. But what I am, I am tired. I'm exhausted. I've never talking about this with anybody. I am very much aware. I'm 32. You can call this my coming out story. It's not, because to me, this has just been me. But 
this is me. This is Fuller Brown. Fuller Brown is Brown stories that you may not understand. And if you're hearing this and you're strictly religious, I don't expect you to understand. But I will expect you to respect people like me. Because a lot of us are lost. Um, and I'm, I'm saying this to everybody listening, not to bash churches, because I do believe that there's a higher God. And God is a person of love. But sometimes that love gets lost in between the shuffling of your own thoughts. Um, or what you think your own thoughts are. So... Do I think you should stop going to church, tender folk? No. Find yourself God, whether what whatever religion you may find him in. Find God. He will give you peace. But this is also a very hard road to walk through because you have to explain yourself. Oh, why aren't you married? The Lord has a beautiful wife for you. And I'm over here like... I mean, I guess I'm not going to say no, because who am I to tell God he can't do a miracle within me? But I am old enough to know that this is part of his plan as well. So step off, <laughs> people. This is why I I have struggles saying hi to people. I, I just don't know where this is going to go. Um, You can judge me because, I mean, I'm used to it. People have done it all the time. Um, This is a true story. And I've shared this a lot. I'm sorry if I'm rambling, but uh, I want the listeners to know how serious this is. Um, One time I was at a church event and my sister was like, hey, can you hold my purse? I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm like, okay. She went to the bathroom. I was holding her purse, not putting it on, but I was holding it in my hand. And I remember this pastor, because this was an event with all the pastors gathered and everything. And he was like, "Uh oh, do we got to worry about you now? Is this the new you? And I was like, I'm sorry, what? He's like, your purse. I'm like, brother, that's clearly not my purse. He's like, oh, I was beginning to worry that the rumors were true. And I said, well, I mean, I don't want to say that you're not wrong. (laughs) He's like, I'm sorry. Like nothing. No, this is my sister's purse. But the complete reality is, is that people have totally lost respect for one another. That's for sure. And unfortunately, that has also happened in the church. And again, I'm telling you, I'm not doing this episode to bash the church. God is an all-powerful being that will deliver you from anything you have. But at the same time, I have seen the mixture of both the God that's great and beautiful and amazing and the God that other people portray. That is the God that I don't claim that it's a God. It's just you being nasty and disguising it with a light flash and glitter. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Throughout all of this, I've learned um, to own my truth. And this is the reason why I'm doing this episode. This is my truth. This is a person who I am. And after this, I may lose followers. After this, I may uh, lose friendships. Um, but that's okay. If anything has taught me is to move on and to to learn to be with God and be in my own peace. And if I have a mini circle of five people, that's great. If I have a huge circle of a thousand people, that's even better. But I am here to advocate for those voices that can't talk because they're at that place when I was 11 and they're crying, screaming at God, angry. That is the reason why I'm doing this. Because you that have not gone through this, you don't understand. But for you to hear my story, I want you to understand how this feels. I want you to be able to understand that this is not a a decision. This is not a choice. I will give you this. There are some nasty people out there that are just nasty whores and they're just playing with everybody. That's 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 not what I am. I am a human being that got created that has these feelings that have no explanation to me, but I know that they're real. I know that they're not made up. Why would I want to be tortured from anybody at this point? Why would I keep going? (laughs) You know, this is, that doesn't make any sense. I understand what the Bible says. I'm reading books. You guys, I'm, I'm reading books. I'm finding, I'm trying to find answers, which is the reason why I haven't published a book yet. My book, I'm, I'm looking for answers. Um, at least to accept myself 
and to teach others to be more compassionate. Um, you have no many. You have no idea how many times I've heard people. Um, I remember I was talking to another ex friend of mine, and he he was like, "Hey, have you talked to your other friend over there?" And I was like, "Uh, not not recently. Why?" And this friend of mine is is gay. He was he's been he's been open about it. And I said, well, "No, I haven't seen him. Not lately." And he's like, "Oh, has he died from AIDS yet?" I was like, I beg pardon. He's like, yeah, you know, because, you know, he's gay. And I'm like, what's your point? He's like, well, he's clearly going to die from AIDS because that's what his destiny is. And you guys, that hurts. For you to be a person that claims that God is all powerful and, and loving, that is the complete opposite to me. Not only to wish death on someone else, but to say something like that to me, which, by the way, we were at a church. So I was like, ooh, watch out. The Lord's going to strike you down. You're nasty. And, and and that is the reason. That is the reason why I did this episode. I, I, I wanted to share my struggles with whoever is listening to tell you that you're going to be okay. That there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. That you're going to have your happy ending. That even though you're not going to find answers that you want, God put you on this earth for a reason. You have a purpose in life. You have a reason to continue going. And you may not understand. And that's fine. But know that God does love you. And and that's all you need to know at this point. Trust me. The way that your life has become to at this point, you haven't died for a reason. There's a reason why you're on this earth. But I want you to know that you're not alone. I want you to know that I will support you. I will back you up. If there's nobody out there that can or want to do it, I am here for you. Um, This is clearly a hard episode for me to do, which is the reason why I'm doing it by myself. Again, I say, but it needs to be done. This needs to be addressed, especially in our brown community. They're not easy to accept someone that's uh, tender or somebody who's bisexual, or somebody who just wants to be happy. Because at the end of the day, I think God intended you to be happy. You may be a little confused at times. Oh my God, hell yes, I'm confused most of the time. But you are here, and I want you to live. I want you to strive in whatever it is that you do. Um, If you're an artist, if you're a singer, if you're uh, a writer like me, a podcaster, if you're a teacher, if you're a lawyer, do keep doing you. There's a reason why God gave you certain abilities. You do you. And you're going to change someone's life. The, every person that I've had in this podcast is a person that has either tr- helped me or changed me in some way. And I want everybody to hear their stories, which is the reason why I bring different people on. And again, I say, if you have a story you want to share, please, Podcast at yahoo.com. Come on by and let's talk. I'll put you on the air. I, I want people to know that there may be people out there that are broken, that are looking for answers, and people that want to succeed in life despite the current waves. Because, yeah, the world is accepting. The world is changing and it's becoming better. But at the same time, if you grew up like me, uh, closed minded and um, <clears throat> just in pain, you may not see that support. So if you're listening, I'm supporting you. I love you. God loves you. And if nothing else helps you, just pray to God, to any religion that you may have. Find the spirituality within that and pray and 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 ask God to give you self-love because that is one thing I did never had, which is why my previous relationships never worked. I never loved myself enough to accept myself. I had to go through all that pain. And there's way more stories that I could have shared, but I don't want you to think I'm trying to head on earth with church people because that is not my intention. I don't want this to be an anti-church kind of podcast. But I do want you to know my story, and I do want you to know that I completely understand. And even though people may not be there to support you at your local church, I'm supporting you. I'm here with you. 
And I may not be able to get you the answers you want or the answers that I want, but I will give you a lending hand. I will give you an arm to hug you when you need it. I will be there for you because that is the reason why I think God sent me to this earth to help people understand the stories that nobody can understand. This is an odd one, but I understand you. I completely embrace you and your differences. So listeners, thank you for listening. And as I mentioned in the introduction, this is a two-parter. So this is my share of my story. Uh, The next episode is with another friend of mine who shares his story. His is a little more on the funny side because the way he discovered his sexuality was rather uncomfortable. But nonetheless, he wanted to share his story. So I was really happy he reached out. And um, I'm glad that you guys are listening. And, And you guys... My Fuller Browns, thank you for listening. Thank you for always supporting. And if you disagree with my topic today, that's fine. If you agree with me, that's fine. But let's not go after the people for their vulnerabilities. Let's not trick people into falling into a pond and drowned. Let's help each other out. But you guys, thank you again for listening. This has been a pleasure. And we'll see you in the next episodes, the last five episodes of the season. And and please write me your suggestions. Uh, my plan is to stop at episode 20. For all I know, we're going we're gonna to continue, but that's my plan for now. So um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, for supporting. And just know that you're here for a reason. Bye. Hey, this is Tony with Fuller Brown. And if you're listening to this segment of the podcast, that means that you've listened through the whole episode. Congratulations. Go buy yourself a concha or something. I just wanted to take this moment to remind you to follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, Fuller Brown Podcast. That's it. And don't forget to write to us at fullerbrownpodcast at yahoo.com. And I'm just here to remind you, this is your story. This is your experience. Be heard. Bye.